Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello and welcome, ladies, for another episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. And I do hope that you are feeling a sense of thriving in your life right now. And if you are not, especially around the, uh, or especially around your relationships and love, then this episode is definitely for you because we're going to be diving into how we can find love and not be outsourcing it to a multi-billion dollar industry, these dating apps. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. But before we do anything, we always invite ourselves to take a moment to stop, pause, and breathe so that we can become more present to where we are in our bodies and our emotions and even in our minds in this moment. So I invite you to stop whatever you're doing in this moment, perhaps closing your eyes if that's safe and comfortable for you, and just Bring awareness to your body by first bringing awareness to your breath, just breathing in and out through your nose, allowing the breath to fill the body and also cleanse the body that we can be filled with breath and we can use the breath to release. And in that filling and that releasing, we can perhaps bring our awareness to our hearts and sense where we are in our hearts right now. Are our hearts filled with love? Or are our hearts longing for love? Not one is not better than the other. It's just noticing where we are in this moment. And perhaps even placing your hand upon your heart and feeling the connection there, hand to heart. And you're welcome to stay here as long as you want, just to breathe and be present to your body, be present to your heart, whatever is there presenting itself for you today and listening to the show in this manner. Or you can come back and listen as you go about your day. But just continuing to check in with your heart and your body as we talk and even throughout your day. So you'll always be present ah, to what lies there, which is the deep well of love. So let's go ahead and invite our amazing guest, Kimberly Healy, to the show. Now, Kimberly Healy is incredible because she is actually a relationship coach. Uh, She was one, well, she categorizes herself as an Ivy League PhD in French literature who has turned sex, love, and intimacy coach for smart people who find it perplexing. How many of you find it so damn perplexing? How you can be accomplished, like really accomplished, and yet not be able to find love in your life. And so Kimberly is an experienced teacher of yoga and literature, and she combines her her talents in in a way that really helps people connect to a deep understanding of their body and mind and reconnect to their hearts. And so she herself has met many men through online dating in the U.S. and France and loves to help people find a way to enjoy dating as an adventure. She specializes in helping smart, accomplished professionals to reconnect to their body their way. You get to connect in your own unique way and break free of formulate approaches to finding love. So welcome, welcome, Kimberly. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lindsay. I love your podcast so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I love my podcast so much too. (laughs) 
And although, I mean, I love the podcast because I get to have, I mean, I really feel so blessed to have such amazing conversations, such diverse conversation with a diverse um, range of women and just really hold that space for them to share their wisdom so that all of our listeners get to, you know, be entrenched in that or really marinate in that for this hour. So thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom, because I know this is a topic that can be really frustrating for women, like, you know, feeling that they're very accomplished, that they're smart, they're doing all the things and they're not able to really find the relationship that they know that they want and and deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And so for those of you listening, I just want you to know that you are not alone. And if you are currently dating, I bow down to you. That means you're courageous, you're creative, you're resilient, and you believe in love. Like we should be applauding all the people who are dating all the time. And instead in our media and in workplace conversations and in family gatherings, people make fun of you. Mm. It's like a joke, you know, or people who are partnered were like, oh, the dating, I could never do that. It's so terrible. Those dating apps are so terrible. And I would like to really shift that because according to the Pew statistics, oh, oh over 40% of adult Americans are uncoupled before the pandemic. And I think it's probably more now. So we're not a minority. We're not like, you're not the only one. You're not like the lone person, but sometimes it can feel that way, uh, depending on where you live and who your social circles are. And especially this sort of narrative about it being something of, of a loser status means that you might even have people in your life who are single and dating, and they're not shouting it from the rooftops. Like we don't come together as a community to support people who are looking for love. And that's what I want to change. I want to take the shame away, the stigma away, and like, say like, you want to go on a spiritual journey? You want to find out who you really are? Let's go on a dating journey because all the stuff is there. All the stuff comes up. It's like the crucible, you know, your body image, your self-love, what your mother told you, what happened in middle school, um, what the patriarchy has wrought upon this United States of America or wherever you happen to be, because it's, you know, it's around the world. Uh, what what the future is going to look like. All of these things show up when we think about dating and it becomes enormous. You know, it's so interesting as you were talking, I, I wrote down a little note, spiritual journey, right before yeah. you said it, because I was like, this is so, it it is very much a spiritual practice being out there in the dating world. You're like, you're talking about how you be, how you need to be courageous, that you still believe in love and you're putting yourself out there in a way that is makes you very vulnerable all the time. And then in that vulnerability, all your stuff comes up, all of your conditioning, everything, everyone taught you about yourself, what you believe to be about yourself, others in the world, all the conditioning of the patriarchy, as you mentioned, it's all there. So it takes a tremendous amount of courage and resiliency to keep going back in because Mm -hmm. it's like going into that arena. Like, do I, do I go back in? I might, I might, be met with all my shame, or I might feel, I might come out bloodied. I might, or I might come out feeling triumphant or rejected. Oh my God. Rejected. Might get rejected. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. Who wants to get, who wants that feeling? That is like, Oh, Oh. (laughs) And I want to, if I can add a bigger piece, like what keeps me going is right now after the pandemic, as AI is taking over many things, human connection is a revolutionary act. It's an Mm. anti-capitalist, Act. 
Mm-hmm. It's free. It's pleasurable. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, we're not lone wolves. We are mm-hmm. part of a bigger microcosm and it's become so tender for so many people. So it's like in the bigger picture, like getting together with other people and being empathetic to wherever they are is revolutionary and and threatened right now, I think, in danger a bit. So why is it so hard after the pandemic to come back together? Like, and not, not just in relationships, but also why is it so hard to, you know, why is dating yeah. so hard after the pandemic? Well, a couple of things. We've lost like the actual physical infrastructure of connection. Like in the past, many people met their spouses at work or uh, somewhere they went regularly. And those have been shut down for the last two to three years. And the other piece is like social connection is a bit of a muscle, right? Uh, It's not easy. It's something we learn when we're adolescents, like how to talk to someone you don't know, right? It's it's, uh, something that gets better with practice and we're rusty. The way we talk to each other on Zoom is not at all the way we talk in person. You know, we're missing the little interruptions, the awareness of small expressions, body language. And so I think right now we're in a very uncomfortable place with social connections where we either have to move towards them awkwardly and getting better at it, or we'll just retreat into a world where all our sort of oxytocin and dopamine comes from a screen interaction. And I'm curious if you, um, maybe you can have a understanding to answer this question because it just popped in. Like, you know, we're getting the oxytocin and the dopamine release from the screen. So mm-hmm. that's what keeps us addicted. But what is the difference in that release? Is the, because it's oxytocin, it's dopamine. Is it, does it, is it different when you're in person? I mean, cause you're still getting that release. Yeah. So what, in addition, do, are you getting when you're connected in person versus on screen, if you're still. Yeah. I think about this all all the time. (laughs) The difference is that when it fades, because it doesn't last very long, right? These little spurts. Um, When it fades and you're alone on a screen, you sink, right? And then you need more, you need another one. Whereas really what our nervous systems need after a, a pulse of good feeling is calm, connectedness, right? So the best thing to do after a high is to like take a bath or meditate. And instead the screens make us look for another high. Whereas if you're in person with someone, someone is sort of like holding the space for your ups and downs. The screens give us nothing for the downs except telling us to seek another up. Mm. Whereas, you know, that wonderful feeling like you're on a walk with someone and you're talking and you don't have anything else to talk about. And you're like five, seven minutes go by and you're looking at the world. It's that like beautiful sort of uh, parallel play like toddlers do, like being in the same space, but not being on. We don't have very many of, I don't know of a way, I mean, I guess you can meditate on Zoom, but you know, it's not the same. It's not that same co-regulation warmth. Mm, Yeah. The co-regulation. And also, you know, when you're talking, I was thinking, oh, you're you're connecting with someone and in that connection, it opens you up to feel connected to your surroundings is what I was feeling when you're talking, giving that example of walking together outside and that it opens you up to f- see the beauty of other things because you have that connection with someone else. And mm-hmm. if you're always looking, and I feel this, like when I'm on my screens, I get off of it 
and I'll pay attention. I'll pick it back up. I pick it back up. I pick it back up. And I'm like, I know what's going on in my brain. I teach this to my clients as well. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just don't feel good at all afterwards. And And you're a very aware person. (laughs) Like you're tracking yourself. Not everyone has those tools. Mm -hmm. Especially people who didn't live without the devices, right? They don't know. They don't know. And that's the scary thing is that so many of these kids nowadays are starting to sound like my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That, you know, they're born, they're raised with it, with them at a very young age. They don't have the experience without it. And it can be exactly really uncomfortable for them to be without it. Yeah. I mean, I carry my phone with me everywhere. Um, and I think my partner gets frustrated with that because like, why are we, why are you carrying it when we're on a walk? Because all of a sudden I feel like I need to have the phone there. I need to capture something. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Well, it's and become that- a tool of self-soothing. Mm-hmm. It's become, and, and, and I think you, you and I both know the antidote to that. And this is what I try to teach is we have another tool of self-soothing. That's our body. <laughs> like put the phone down and rub your body. Yeah. Touch your own head. Oh, caress your face. Like it's all there. Like it's magical. And I think we've lost that a little bit because our eyes are always going outward to get connection, which is, which is legit and valid. People needed connection and need connection. And the screens were the only way for several years. And so I think it's, it makes dating tricky because um, we're sort of programmed to get likes and dislikes or bumps and falls or whatever you want from the apps. And that's completely negates the other person who's there. Like they only exist to, to, to sort of bring us back into our negative bias. Like, um, and, and it's really hard to have a lot of empathy for a stranger who's on a dating app and, you know, whether or not you're straight or queer, whoever you're, whoever you see on that app, like, so I'm straight. I see a lot of men uh, with wraparound sunglasses, backwards baseball cap. I, I can't, I have no idea what's going on in their life. And Yet they too are on there because their hearts are lonely in some way. Yeah. And so it's so easy to just judge immediately by what you see without when totally negating that they're putting themselves out there as well, that they're feeling vulnerable and they, you know, and what they're seeking what kind of love they're seeking could be a little bit different than what we're seeking, but we don't know. Right. based on the the photo that they've put up there. Maybe that's right. the most, best photo they have of them. And maybe the photo that they've chosen with the hat on and the glasses on is a way of protection as well. We don't exactly. even know. It's so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. it's very vulnerable. And yeah. so, and I do believe like we see this all the time on social media, how it's so easy to really criticize and be um, mm-hmm. really not our best selves on social media, but we've been saying things that we wouldn't normally say in person to that, and, yeah. you know, to that person. And so, you know, since we've already kind of touched on the dating app a little bit, like how bad are they really? I mean, there's how many people are using the dating apps currently? Would you estimate? Billions. And don't forget worldwide. It's a huge crisis in Asia as well. It's not a U.S. specific thing. It's all over the world. The big ones operate all over the world. There are some specific ones for different regions in the world, 
tens of billions of dollars uh, industry. It's a tens of billions of dollars industry. So I'm sorry, friends, they'd have no incentive to get you off the apps, despite whatever their tagline is, despite whether or not they have a figurehead woman as a CEO, but really it's a bro culture. I wish I could come up with slow dating, uh, like slow food, that the apps want your eyes on them. So whatever it takes. So there's a whole, I've studied this. So when you first get on an app, you will see a lot of really great people, right? It's like, ooh, your mouth will water. You'll see like 15. And then you're going to see a whole bunch of people who are completely inappropriate. And why? Because that will keep you on looking, despairing for another good one. They know exactly what they're doing. They know everything about everyone who's on there, how many times they're clicked, how quickly they're clicked or swiped. That's the right word. How quickly. So they'll give you the, the juicy you know, big swipers, which are usually uh, white. You know, there's a whole problem with race and algorithms. Uh, people who are not white do not get as many swipes and do not get forefronted nearly as much, uh, no matter where you are in the country. And so what they want is for you to keep swiping. So the first they give you a, a yummy thing, like, oh, wow, there's so many great potential partners out there. And then they give you a long period of paucity um, to keep you like going, to keep you up till two in the morning, like looking, like, wait, isn't there anyone out there? Oh my gosh, maybe I'm terrible. Maybe this is all I could possibly get. Are these people who are totally, they're wonderful people, but they're not really matches. So, so then if you get a dating coach, they say, get off the apps and have a break. So get off. And when you get back on, it'll be the same cycle. So, um, what I tell my clients is, only go on the dating apps when you're feeling very resourced, not late at night, not when you're hungry, not when you're bored, and 10 swipes a day, and then put it away. So I do believe it's a way to meet people outside of your social circles, but it takes a lot of individual self-control and self-knowledge. Wow. And I'm thinking, do people can people have that amount of self-control when it's been devised to really play off the chemistry of your brain. Totally. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I am very self-aware. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. I'm a mindfulness coach. And I see myself grabbing my phone all the flipping time, even though I had just picked it up. I'm like you, right. have and imagine you were looking for love. You're like feeling lonely. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could put the phone down. I really just don't know if I could do that. Uh, especially because it's playing off a deep longing in my heart. And yeah, and I'm thinking back to what you said about, oh, well, now I just lost the thought. Well, that's okay, because it's time for us to go to break. And during <laughs> the break, perhaps I'll regain that thought. <laughs> Do you ever have those moments when just like you're, everything just goes blank. It's like quiet. We, we seek the quiet and the solitude sometimes. And then it comes in at the most inappropriate time. Like when you're doing a live radio show, that's not the kind of stillness and quiet I was hoping for in my brain at this moment, <laughs> but okay. we're gonna come, yeah, but we're going to come right back after this short break. So if you love the show, if you love women thriving unapologetically and all the guests that we have on the show, and you want to have more guests, like Kimberly, then definitely reach out to me at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com because I am seeking sponsors and supporters of the show so that we can grow and rise and thrive together so that you can have a, a chance to highlight what you do, your gifts, your products, and then um, support the show and continue to grow and expand and reach more people across the globe. So we'll be right back 
after this short break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are today having an incredible conversation with Kimberly Healy. She's a relationship coach. And we were talking before the break about dating apps and how these dating apps are really not designed to have your best interests in mind. They don't want you to leave. They're actually designed to keep you addicted to the, to the app. Because if you leave, then guess what? They're not earning any money. And during the break, Kimberly mentioned that capitalism doesn't want you to be partnered. Because if you're partnered, then you're happy and you're going to buy less shit. And you don't need two houses. You don't need two cars. I mean, all yeah. the things like all, there's so much less money to be made. Yeah. So I just would like to kind of touch back on what you're talking about and maybe even flesh it out a little bit, bit more before the break. Cause I think it's worth repeating so that, because I think we need to have things repeated to us. So we understand that these apps are really a capitalistic, you know, I want to say entity. I want, there's other words I was going to use, but maybe I won't say that on the show today. That <laughs> that is really taking us further away from love and self esteem and feeling empowered. Yeah. So it, there are fewer relationships in the world as the apps have boomed. Oh, that's fascinating. And in countries with low birth rate, like Japan, the people are getting very nervous because yeah. young, the more apps there are, the less people couple up. Um, that's fascinating. The more apps there are, the less people are coupled up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So why even use an app? Well, during the pandemic, there was no other way, right? Mm -hmm. There's no natural way to meet people. And sadly, the sort of pandemic way of life has continued for a lot of people. They work remote, they're at home. Um, 
I think things are starting to change. People are going out more. Uh, what I fear, though, is that people use that. There's this way that when you use an app, uh, we're so used to using app. Like we don't ask friends for rides anymore. We Uber, right? Uh, we don't cook anymore. We get HelloFresh, like <laughs> long list of things, right? We outsource everything. The app is this illusion that you can outsource your love life easily, right? It's it's easy. It's taken care of. It's sorted. It's done. And yet that's probably the one thing you'll never be able to outsource is how to navigate a human connection, a friendship, a relationship, you know, even a hookup, how to navigate that. And so I think that we need to remember that the difficulty of human connection is a good thing, that life should not be easy on some level when we're meeting people and really being involved with them intimately. Intimacy, if it's easy, it's not intimacy. Um, so I think people should use the apps to still connect and find people. They should use them selectively. They should use them only a few minutes a day. I just talked to a young man in a park. He's like, how can I find a date? He's on the, he's on about eight apps. He's on them an hour and a half a day, every wow. day. Right. And I bet he's not exceptional. I think it's probably happening. So I think there is a way that you, I've met lots of wonderfully, wonderful people through the apps, but you get on there, you do not text more than 10 times. You set up a meeting. If there's no meeting, you end the connection. This is very hard for women to do because they're not used to saying no. Uh, they're not used to asking for what they want. And they're, they're not, they're men and women like, well, they liked me. So maybe it'll work out. Right. I, I had one guy, he's like, I was like, who do you date? And he's like, oh, I date the cutest girl who will go out with me. And it's like, mm. <laughs> do you, it's still sort of gamified on some level for many of us. Um, yeah. But I like That's what you said. Journey. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. I liked how you said before the break that you have to be really resourced yeah. and be fed, feel, be feeling good about yourself before you get on there, limit your time on there. And then also just have the awareness that this dating app is, you can find someone on there. However, it sounds like the more time you spend on there, the less likely you might be to find someone because they're yes. actually, the algorithm seems to be in not in your favor. It wants you to stay on there longer. So it wants to make you feel bad about yourself. And the way it's going to make you feel bad about yourself is to give you all these awful selections that, and you're wondering like, oh, is this the best that, I, you know, this is what they think mm -hmm. I deserve and not, and that's how we women would tend to take it. This is who you think I deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't lift people up and say, but you know what does lift people up and make them feel good about themselves? Actually meeting in person. Yeah. So use the actually app to meaning, actually make that connection. Make, if yeah, someone so if, says, no, I'm not, I don't want a connection. Then you're like, okay, bye-bye. Oh, they never say, no, I don't want a connection. <laughs> well, I meant like to meet up. I wish people did. In-person connection. Well, yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, some, some friends of mine on the app and they, they reach out and say, well, do you want a connection? Like to meet up. And then they, yeah. and they don't, they kind of play her a little bit yeah. and yeah. they keep, you know, throwing it out there and like doing that whole, like, um, uh, what's the, like. I have, I'm losing the term, but when ghosting? you're kind of not ghosting, but like the, the breadcrumbing when you're texting sexual things, Oh, sexting. 
sexting. Yes. Thank you. So they're, they're sexting and getting that kind of, you know, endorphin yeah. rush from that, yeah. but they refuse to meet in person. And so, yeah. and it becomes, very, you got to cut, cut them, them off. off. <laughs> they don't want to meet in person. Bye-bye. Be done. Yeah. Be done. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I'm looking for a different kind of connection and block them, unmatch them, block them, Marie Kondo them. <laughs> they're not bringing you joy. If anyone is texting you and their texts are not bringing you joy, the end, the yeah. end. Don't hold out because maybe they will bring you joy. No, the end. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and don't feel bad about hurting people's feelings by saying no, because by being on a dating app, all of those people have volunteered to be in this social experiment with us. And this is how we all learn. <laughs> It's okay. And for heterosexual people, um, clarity, men, I think, like clarity. Like, at least they know where they stand. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone likes clarity. I shouldn't say that. So, yeah. So, so these are my rules. Not, not more than 10 swipes a day. You can make your own rules, but, you know, make some rules, set boundaries for yourselves. The best way to learn to have boundaries is to put some on your own self and see if you can hold them. Uh, don't swipe when you're not feeling well. And then, you know, I say three to five days of texting or, or 10 texts, you know, and, and then a phone call. I always like to hear someone's voice speak and have an actual call. You can have a phone call on the app safely. You don't have to give anyone your phone number. All the apps have, you can have a video chat on the apps too. You could do a video chat or phone call. And then based on that, like, feeling how the conversation went, set up a meeting. Then my rule for the meeting is first dates, very, very short, 35 minutes, show up and tell the person, I only have X amount of time. They will also be relieved because it's a lot to not to have an open-ended meeting with a stranger. Like maybe we're going to end up having dinner. Maybe they'll go back to my house. No, 35 minutes. And as they say in France, it's good to stay a little hungry, right? And then you're looking forward to the next potential thing, or you've invested so little and it's not a match. Nobody's, nobody's heard. I wouldn't do a lot of physical connection on that first date, unless it just spontaneously happens and feels good. No obligation whatsoever. Also, um, you know, have, don't have a meal. That's a big investment. Like you can't leave, go on a walk, have a cup of tea, something very easy and casual. So that, that, that's my advice uh, to use the app and, and to start to thrive. Uh, use the apps without flailing. But I have more advice about not using the apps. But I won't, what else would you like to know, Lindsay? Yeah, I just want to recap that. So 10 swipes a day. Make sure you're only sw- like on the apps when you feel really well-resourced, resourced, feeling good about yourself, well-fed, well-rested. Three to five days, you can text. Then you have a phone call. Make sure your first connection in person is short, um, like 35 minutes max, no physical connection, unless it suddenly feels like very spontaneous and aligned and then no meals. Like don't make it a big, a long thing because then you feel, you might feel trapped and it becomes a big thing and a big investment. Um, So I love that. Those are all like sound very doable and it gives you a sense of, um, empowerment in that in that moment like the boundaries and i think women forget that boundaries actually empower you yeah they're not blocking love they're Mm -hmm. empowering you and so we need to really tap into that feeling of empowerment again especially when it comes to love Mm -hmm. yeah so 
and I think back to like, you know, this, this deep longing for love that we have, and both of us, you know, have yoga backgrounds and, you know, one of the yoga sutras talks about one of the deepest longings we have is to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and who we are at our core innate self is love. And so what would you say to those that are seeking love outside of themselves about how they can connect to the love within them and how that would change their dating experience? Yeah. So, you know, everyone's heard that you have to love yourself before you could love someone else. As a coach and not a therapist, I would mix that up a little bit and say, you can learn to love yourself as you're meeting other people. It's not like you have to have that sorted first. It's hard to sort that by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And it's through these connections with other people. I mean, you go on a, people are nice to each other. You go on a date, you're going to get a lovely compliment. You tell someone that it's not a connection and they'll say, oh, that's too bad. I really liked you. Like, good things will happen to you. It's not all ghosting and rejection and insulting. I think I've met almost 50 men and I have had no bad experiences through online dating. I mean, I'm kind of an anthropologist of it right now too, but uh, so yeah, there's, there, there's, there's a way in which we can learn to love ourselves. Like even like, let's say you haven't gone on a date in seven or 10 years and you go out on a date and it's terrible. You go home and you're like, I did it. I did it. I'm a champion. I did it. I'm amazing. Right. There's, there's a lot of self-love that comes through this bumpy journey because, and you can go tell your friends, like I went on a date. It was so, ah," and they'll hug you and give you compliments or whatever. Um, There's, there's, there's a lot of self-love that we learn by kind of bumping into things and and dating is a lot of bumping into things. (laughs) Yeah. And it is like that spiritual journey you're finding your way back home to yourself a little bit at a time. It doesn't happen all at once. And there's, you know, finding that connection to who we are happens through a lot of different ways. And as you mentioned, like this dating is this deep spiritual journey. And I really appreciate, you know, when you said the piece where, you know, if you go on a date and it's awful, you still celebrate it. Celebrate mm-hmm. that because in that celebration, you actually are giving yourself a dopamine release right there. And then mm-hmm. you're giving yourself the teaching your brain to say, oh, it's okay to go out there and do it again. Instead of beating yourself up and saying what was wrong with me or this awful, this is the best I can do. There's no men out there. And, and doing that spin, that's going to make you feel awful and make it much more difficult to go back in and try again and just celebrate like the, yeah. and be curious. I say that I tell people to be curious more often. I'm not a relationship coach. I'm. I'm happily in a relationship, but I was telling you before uh, we started the show that you asked me, you know, about how long it took me. Did I have a long stretch of time where I wasn't dating? And I did like before I met my current partner. And I mean that forever and ever, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Current and forever. (laughs) She's listening to the show. What do you mean only current? Um, so that, yeah, there's a long stretch, a really long stretch of no dating. I've never, there was one time that my ex, um, who's still a dear friend of mine was sitting down with me and he wanted me to get on an online date dating app and he was helping me set it up. It's just so weird. And I felt really defeated and deflated in that moment, uh, about what the options were I'm like, no, I can't do this. So I just decided to not do the dating apps. And I was, I didn't date for nearly seven years. I mean, I think I had in that seven year time span, one individual date with two different people and my friends, one, a, one on one occasion, my friends, 
suggested this person. And I was just like, are you serious? Do you not know me? Are we going to not be friends now? Because yeah. of this? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that something I, that I really want to address. A lot of my clients and single friends are, are angry at their coupled partner, partnered friends for not introducing them to someone. But it's such a risk to introduce someone to someone because the exact thing, like, really? That's who you think I want to go out with? So people who are dating, I want you to hear this. Your partnered friends want you to find love and they don't know what that looks like for you. You have to get really specific. You cannot say to someone, don't you know any single men or women? You cannot. You're putting matchmaking pressure on them. They don't know like that you like to be tied up. They don't know that you need six months of dating before you'll kiss. They don't, they don't want to know that stuff. So what, if you're looking for love and your partnered friends want to help you, this is the courageous thing you have to do. You have to tell them exactly what you want right now. Right now, I want someone to practice dancing with on Tuesday nights. Right now, I want someone that would go canoeing with me on Sunday mornings right now. And then they'll think of someone and there's not all this pressure that it's a love match. It's just like, oh, I know someone who loves to play pickleball. You should meet, right? And they do want you to be coupled and it's very uncomfortable for them to not fix it for you, but they can't fix it for you until you tell them really specifically right now, today, this week, I am looking for this. That makes it so much simpler. I mean, it really does. And it makes it easier for them. And it also takes that I would feel like it would take the pressure off the person that's looking for love as well. Like, okay, I'm not looking for all of this, this whole package. I just want someone to go hiking with on mm -hmm. the weekends. That's it for just two yeah. hours. Let's go for a two yeah. hour hike. That's all I want. And that seems yeah. so much more simple because then there's so many people out there that have that interest and you have no idea what their other interests are, but then it becomes kind of fun to, you know, uncover what the other interests are. And then your friends are not so nervous about like, I don't know, like, you know, I think this is the person. And the thing is, is like who I'm with now, my friends would never have picked right. because, I, because right. I identified as heterosexual my entire life. And now I'm with a woman. And I, I didn't know that that's where I would find them. Yeah, I had no idea. And that, so they couldn't help me with that. And it just happened to, she just arrived into my life and it took some time for me to open up to that, to realize, oh, this is actually the love that I was looking for because I had to go through a lot of my own storytelling about what's been indoctrinated into me through culture and mm -hmm. just really opening up to it. And so there is absolutely no way I would have found her on a dating app or through my friends. Right. It just, it had to be more organic for me. And it doesn't mean it's, that's the way for everyone else, but I just wanted to say that. Okay. Friends. Yeah. And if your friends set you up with someone who's not your mate, that person's brother-in-law's neighbor might be your mate, right? Like weaving connections is always good. Even if it's not perfect love connection, it le it could lead to something. Yeah. So just stay curious, stay curious. So we are up to our second and last break of the show. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back in just a moment. And during our short break, definitely reach out to me. I love building community. I love weaving community and bringing connections together. So 
start that connection by reaching out to me at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. I am very responsive to email and I would love to hear from you. And until then, let's take the short break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm here with Kimberly Healy, and we're having a really great conversation. I was telling Kimberly during the break that I always create these little uh, video clips from the Zoom call that we recorded for the radio. and. I posted on social media and I'm always like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find just one? We've had so many great, great tidbits here. And so there's another thing that I wanted to ask Kimberly to offer is some of the somatic practices that we mm-hmm. can do for those of us that are looking for love. And I think even those of us that are just seeking love in all its varieties, like I'm seeking deeper love in different areas of my life as well. So I want to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the one I come back to all the time, that's been so helpful for me as sort of a brain heavy individual in this world. um, I lead with the head um, and that's valued in our culture uh, is a a technique called microcosmic breath. that comes out of Taoist tradition. And it's basically just to imagine sort of three centers where we want love, obviously our pelvis, right? Our sexual center. So just drop in feeling that like that is a place we want love. And maybe other things too that are what you see as an expression of love. And then we have our heart where we really, really want love, but most that's where we also carry a lot of tension, a lot of shutdown, a lot of holding. And then our mind, right? So our mind is uh, rushing to solve the discomfort and come up with a reason why we're in the state we're in. And we did, it doesn't necessarily help us. Like dating from our brains is, is just exhausting. So uh, let's just do one, mi- one minute here. I'm going to invite you to breathe 
into your pelvis. You can imagine like a warm light there. Remember this energetic center of yourself, your sexual center. And then we're going to loop that warm light up to the heart, up your back to the heart, and then back down. So making a connection. So warm light coming up to the heart, and then maybe it changes color and comes back down to the pelvis. Looping the energy up the back from the pelvis, pulling that vibrant, sparkly pelvis energy into the heart, letting it fill the heart, and then exhaling back down to the pelvis. I love doing this all the time, even when I'm just out and about. And then pulling up to the brain. So we're going pelvis, touching the heart, and up to your beautiful mind. And then exhale from the mind down to the heart, down to the pelvis. So a long oval from the pelvis up to the heart, to the mind. And then exhaling down. Moving the light, the energy up, and then letting it come down. And each part really has so much to offer as far as love goes. And letting it dynamically move. So we call that the microcosmic orbit. What do you think, Lindsay? I love that. Um, I'm curious, is the looping, does it go up the back body and down the front back body? Is that you can it do works? it either way. Either way. Yeah, you can okay. go. Uh, yeah. So I find up the back and down the front is a little more relaxing mm-hmm. because we tend to be lifting up, you know, but you can, it's more invigorating to go up the front and down the back, sort of depending on your energetic level. Yeah. So uh, I'm an Iyengar yoga teacher, and I just went to our national convention with Abhijata Iyengar, the granddaughter of Guruji BKS Iyengar. And she said many brilliant things, but the one that I loved was mobility before stability. And I really want to encourage those of you who are dating to remember that moving emotion, moving feeling, moving sexual charge, moving breath does lead to a sense of safety and stability. Clinging rigidly freezing holding uh, is less safe than mobility. Like if I asked you to stand on one foot, you'd be micro moving the whole time, not a stone. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a little bit counterintuitive, but really through mobility, through moving our bodies, through moving our breath, through moving our sexual pleasure, we can find more balance. <laughs> and I love how, you know, this, this microcosmic breath can really support just love, whatever type of love you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like I have a great love, like a re- uh, an intimate relationship. But here recently, I've been noticing this kind of lack of love and passion for some of my areas of work. And so I'm like, oh, like there seems there can be this vibrancy in one area of our life and this stagnancy in another and I love how this can be whatever flavor of love it is that you're wanting to move through your body and become more resonant with, because I mean, how many types of love are there? I yeah. mean, countless. Yeah. countless. yeah. And if I could just say one more thing, like those of you who are, are single and loveless, you're not, 
you're having amazing deep connections, whether it be with your animals, your neighbors, the people you care for. Uh, you're not a lone person on an island. You're just having flavors of love and you're learning so much from these connections. Yeah. And then, I, I think that's one more thing that I would want to really emphasize is learning to be good at dating, becoming a master dater uh, means you're going to be much, much better at relationship. Like these skills are lifelong. It's not, you know, all these skills of setting boundaries, coming back to pleasure, you know, taking care of yourself, being clear. They're going to be amazing when you are partnered. Hmm, thank you for saying that. That's so true. And I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. They're just building that, that relationship muscle. And it's beautiful when you step into a relationship feeling um, closer to who you know yourself to be and what your boundaries are and what you need and yeah. being really clear in that from the very beginning, because you've had the practice. Yeah. 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 And so I'm curious, so what does it mean to thrive in dating? What would you think that means? Yeah. So when I get done with my one-on-one -on -one coaching with my clients, they literally say, I'm so excited to get out there and date. <laughs> like, awesome. like, I don't know, I'm afraid of skydiving and I'm afraid of roller coasters, but if this is the equivalent of someone and this recently happened to me, someone explaining to me exactly how it works, giving me tools to take care of myself. And I can't wait to jump out of a plane. Like it's going to be so awesome and fun. And I'm probably going to do it a lot of times as opposed to I'm just dating because there's some goal at the end. Because if we're not enjoying our present moment, our process, like any great artist knows this, if you're not enjoying the process, the result isn't going to be very enjoyable either. I often share with people the what thriving for the show means, what it means to me. And I always emphasize that thriving is not an end goal or a destination. It's who you are and how, you know, the journey along the way is how you're showing up in those yeah. moment to moment yeah. of daily life. And so I appreciate you saying that. And um, so what does unapologetic mean to you? Yeah. This yeah. is a, especially for women, which means yeah. finally learning to date and show up as yourself, not as a people pleaser, not as a perfect example of something, not as uh, what it looks like in porn or the media, but as yourself. And let me tell you, showing up present and as yourself is so sexy and so compelling and so adorable, like people are going to swoon. So unapologetically means like, yeah, this is who I am. And this is what I'm looking for. And I think it might, I don't know if you have other examples, but I think that might be the, it, dating might be the hardest place to do that. Yeah, because if you're going into, uh, I call it the arena, I don't know, I think that's kind of stuck in my head from Brene Brown, but for going in, it's a very vulnerable place. And what do we do when we feel vulnerable? We put all the, the armor on and all of the different faces and, shields and so showing up completely you is is really challenging and even sorting out who you are like who are you because like, yeah. sometimes you step into that on a date and you're like who am, like, I've had this in my head before like back when I was dating like who am I being right now this isn't who I really am like just yeah. go ahead and show yeah. this person who you are because I want them to know who I am because I 
this is going to go anywhere, then they need to know who I am from the very beginning. So I'm not wasting any time. Yes, absolutely. And that's one more tip I would give is like, go on dates to be present to yourself. Like don't go on a date to evaluate the person, to, to look at them under a microscope. Are they good? Are they bad? Don't worry about that. Go on a date and be like, how does, how am I feeling? How am I breathing? How sweaty are my hands? How restless am I? What am I feeling? Like, because it's a very, it's like, how much am I eating right now? Just because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a very (laughs) intense moment to, to be like noticing oneself, not changing yourself in any way, but like really being present to yourself and the other person, you'll know whether or not you want to see them again. If you pay attention to your own feelings, like your own Mm. sensations, get back into your intuition and enjoy it. Yeah. Go on a date for yourself and get in touch with that intuition. And you'll know when the right person arrives. Yeah. Thank you for that. So I want everyone to know how they can reach out to you and connect with you, especially if they want some one-on-one support and finding love. Yeah. So my website is KimberlyHealy.com, E-Y-E-Y both times. And um, I'm happy to book a session with someone and have a little chat and see how they're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, Healy Delight, L-E-Y Delight. Uh, I'm giving a free workshop on Friday, tomorrow, on some somatic practices. So it's just going to be a somatic sampler. It's um, on Eventbrite. You can find it on my Instagram and on my webpage. And it'll just be doing some of the breathing work, some of that stuff that we did, um, not a lot of talking. And I would I would love to work with people and reach out if you have questions or concerns or, you know, I have forgotten a certain aspect of dating that's come up for you. I would love to hear from you. I would love to learn from you. Awesome. So definitely reach out to Kimberly and then check out the the free workshop on Eventbrite. So that's an awesome offering. And you actually get to do some of the somatic exercises similar to what we did here today on the show. So you get to actually feel that in your own body and reach out to her on Instagram and her website, her name. And just to emphasize, Kimberly is with an L-E-Y and her Healy is with an L-E-Y as well. So Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being on the show. This has been such a great conversation. I've learned so much from you and I appreciate your time and your wisdom and just your commitment to this work and helping people find love and to do it in a way that is really well-resourced and makes them feel good about themselves and courageous and curious and um, excited again. So I appreciate all that you do. And thank you all for listening again to Women Thriving Unapologetically. And I do hope that you'll reach out and connect with me as well, because I really do love building these connections with women and so that we all feel really well resources resourced and that we can keep those connections growing globally. So until next time, my friends, much love and many, many blessings. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of women thriving unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.